Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar stories and scalies. I'm your host, Ludmillanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Ancron, Lucky Eevee, Math Machine, Striker, and Jordan. Today is our 47th episode, and we're discussing 2000's Pikachu's Winter Vacation 2 for our Christmas special. So, let's get things started. Mm. Now, Pokemon being the incredibly popular franchise that it was in the 90s and early 2000s, it would be obvious that they would make a uh, Christmas special. In fact, they actually did several of them. And the uh, first real special that wasn't just like a Christmas episode, like the uh, holiday hijinks one, was uh, called Pikachu's Winter Vacation. And the special follows the same format of the uh, Pikachu shorts, which are like uh, short films that follow Pikachu and the other Pokemon going on adventures on their own. And to me... They always were just so charming and just so sweet. There was something about them that sure. it really was neat how you saw the world through like their eyes and how like simple things like a lawnmower or things like that would be so foreign and unique to them. And no I, wonder I, I, they I, made the Mystery Dungeon series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Mystery Dungeon feels like a game version of it. I'm yeah. shocked they never tried to make a series of just like Pikachu short films in that because that probably yeah. would have done insanely well. I think on like on both sides of the world yeah. basically. Yeah, it would have been great to just see Pokemon be Pokemon. Hell, yeah, exactly. Why not, I think... and, oh, not just normal Pokemon either. Legendaries as well have like a sort of dorkier side to them in yeah, spite exactly. of, you know, being phenomenal cosmic power <laughs> or, you know, just like the whole Dragon yeah. Queen biz. I... Exactly, exactly. But yeah, that kind of reminds me, again, uh... I think of why the Pokepark games were such huge successes was because oh. of that, you know. It's because, you know, they got to see Pokemon just play and have fun and, you know, be with each other in that. And now, uh, honestly, Pokemon should be uh, put on port to Switch. That could be awesome. Definitely, definitely. They should definitely make a new one, too. And these specials Uh, always showed one strength of the Pokemon anime. And this is why this anime has lasted so long compared to other kinds of animes from that time period. Yeah, Pokemon are so incredibly expressive. You understand oh, hell yeah. every single thing that's going on without any dialogue needed. It definitely, oh, hell definitely yeah. it felt like universal that way. It really did. It felt like, you know, again, the Pokemon just, you know, say their own names, really, but you get so much feeling and expression the way they look at things, the way they speak to each other. It yeah, really, it's like really primal, is... except a little more emotive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, there was a the first Pikachu's Winter Vacation that had all the uh, Kanto Pokemon, except for Charizard, for obvious reasons. It was released in 1999 on VHS, and surprisingly, it never aired on TV in the West. It was only, like, direct-to-video, which you think that would have been, like, a, like a slam dunk in the ratings, you know? A yeah, it would have. Special? Yeah. Yeah, that Kang has gone for crying out loud, so what the heck? Adorable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely adorable. But, yeah, like... Uh, Again, like what uh, Matt said, is that uh, it really showcases how the Pokemon react to things because then they're curious about things like, you know, Christmas cookies, Christmas stockings. And there's one part where they open up a music box and the whole group just crowd around it and they stare at it with complete wonder in their eyes. And it's really funny, too. I mean, all the Pokemon shorts have really, really uh, funny moments in them. And this is no exception because 
Side Duck finds a bottle of champagne and he becomes obsessed with just shaking it all throughout the short. And oh god, yeah, <laughs> it, it's great. Uh, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Pikachu's Winter Vacation Two, of course, came out a year later in two thousand, and but this time we were up to uh, Johto in the Pokemon anime, so we get to see yep. a lot of the Pokemon from there too. And the uh, OVA begins with a holiday wrap that is both really, really cheesy and is somehow also adorable at the same time. We get to see like Togepi, Pikachu, Heracross, Chikorita, uh, all the others like breakdance. It's fun. It's just, you know, it's some of that, you know, it's not, def- it's not, you know, probably good, but it is something that you can't just help yourself from smiling about. As a reminder, this is the four kids era of Pokemon. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I say, uh, the animation on the intro is also really well done. Kind of like how the anime as a whole had really, really good animation. Better than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Especially some of these backgrounds, which are just like really, really phenomenal. Especially in the second short, which we'll get to. Now, like the original Pikachu's Winter Vacation, Pikachu's Winter Vacation 2 is also broken up into two short films. The first short is called uh, Winter Games. And opens up at a log cabin with Ash, Misty, and Brock uh, and their Pokemon arriving there. And one thing that was interesting about all of the Pikachu shorts, none of the human faces were ever shown in any of them. Mm. Which really made you feel like you were seeing it from the uh, Pokemon's uh, perspective. It almost reminded me of the early episodes of like Tom and Jerry. and Yeah, yeah I can see like why. That. I, I can definitely see, see yeah, too. But yeah, the three leave to, for town to go shopping, and they leave the Pokemon alone in the cabin. And it's here that you kind of realize that the Pikachu shorts, they're basically the Pokemon equivalent of Rugrats when you get down to it. Yeah, I got can the see same why. setup, right? I mean, you know, they, they leave, they, they leave, yeah, the Ash, Misty, and Brock are like the parents, and the Pokemon are like the babies, and they're just exploring and they're going on adventures on their yeah. own. <laughs> also, Pikachu is really cool than Tommy Pickles. Wh- yeah, it Sorry. also reminds me a bit of uh, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. Like, no dialogue at all, but you mm-hmm. immediately get that it's very, like, very emotive, very expressive. And it also reminds me of Chippendale's Park Life, which does a similar thing. No dialogue whatsoever, but it's garb. And the stuff that is dialogue is garbled. And, like, it- it's one of those. Th- I can really appreciate films that do more with actions rather than words, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That would be absolutely, that's absolutely right there. And yeah, uh, basically what happens is Pikachu is the one in charge, and Chikorita basically tries to push him out of the way, and Chikorita's <laughs> dynamic on the show at this time, she was jealous of pretty much any other Pokemon that got close to Ash. Yeah, she was pretty much a straight-up diva for Ash. She and- was a diva. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and yeah. Really- she wanted him all to herself. Like, yeah. like, if it wasn't Latias, then it would certainly be Bailey. Yeah. So looking at <laughs> looking at Boldia, it takes place right after Ash got Chikorita. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. That, that makes out. a lot of sense why she would be like that then, because she was uh, recently caught yeah. by him. So it makes sense. Yeah, yeah she's the go- after the Ash the episode where Ash gets a Chikorita. Yeah, that's huh. the golden girl. Pretty yep. much. Yeah. So yeah, so what happens next is Pikachu, Togepi, and Vulpix wave goodbye to their trainers. Chikorita wants to get up and see, but she's actually knocked down by all the others. And one thing that's fun is, again, we get to see Pikachu's react and the others' reaction is something that, you know, how, like, children would react to something. Pikachu accidentally blows on the, gra- on the glass and he frosts it up. 
And Squirtle and Bulbasaur try it, and they imprint their faces in, like, the frosted glass. And all the Pokemon are just completely, like, their minds are blown by this. And there's a really cute moment where Togepi tries to do it, but because they're so little, they can't do one that's really big. And again, that's just (laughs) a really uh, cute, cute uh, moment. And again, Chikorita's upset, and she basically turns away from them out of anger. And one yeah. thing, again, like, uh, you know, like it's been uh, repeated here, is that it really is amazing how much character is from these Pokemon, despite none of them speaking any sort of intelligible language for the most part. So, anyway... Uh, another really good strength of the anime. And oh, yeah. something that they realized to do early on is give each of the main characters' Pokemon very per- distinct personalities and very exactly exactly personalities. Yeah, like even exactly, in other, like, yeah, like even in other animes like the Gen 5, Gen 4, like a bunch of others, the Pokemon have very distinct personalities. Ash's Weasel is kind of a roughneck taking no nonsense. Yeah. Uh Gengar is what? your, you know, basic stereotypical prankster gang- Gengar yeah. for the most part. Dragonite is a lovey dovey like, uh, and we'll get yeah. to her later. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> But yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, what happens is uh, Pikachu is trying to convince Chikorita to play with them, but she turns her head away, and she launches a slipper into the air, which bumps Togepi on the head with a little cartoon boing sound effect, which causes uh, Togepi to start crying, which I think is a callback to Pikachu's Vacation, the original short yep. that aired before yep. Pokemon the first movie, and all the Pokemon are making uh, funny faces to stop Togepi from crying exactly like in that short. Which is a really cute callback, if that was intentional. Nice. And, Vulpix basically manages to calm uh, Togepi down by tickling it with her tail. And yeah, meanwhile, it's cute. Uh, yeah, it is, it is. And again, it, you really feel that all these Pokemon are, they're, they're friends, you know. They're not just, you know, you know, they are animals all intents and purposes, but they're also, you know, they're actually friends with each other. You get a real yeah. sense of, like, camaraderie with them. Yeah, they yeah, actually care for each other. Exactly, oh, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Chikorita then is still upset and she runs outside. While running away from them, she bumps into an icicle, which makes like a tone. And the, I like how Pikachu and the others, they all discover that the icicle makes sounds when you like bang against it. And using Heracross and all the others, they basically bump all the icicles to make a song. Now, someone who really could have learned about this was uh, Mario in the game Mario Brothers. If he could only uh, tap the icicles to make a song, he wouldn't probably die to them all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I see your point. Yeah, yeah. Chikorita then basically uh, cuts him off because he's still upset by using Razor Leaf to knock down all the icicles and cause the others to get out of the way. There's a really funny gag here. Like I say, these shorts aren't, like, hysterical, but when they're funny... They're really funny. There's a really yeah. uh, cute gag here where Geodude gets hit with the icicle and it, he's completely unaffected. He's like scratching his head in confusion over what that was that just hit him. He's no, like, I always love Geodude. It's just this uh, really not thick, stupid thick, but just thick uh, meathead kind of guy. It was just yeah. so hilarious. Yeah, it totally works out. He kind of reminds you a little bit of a Goron, to be honest. (laughs) I can definitely see that. I definitely definitely can see that. But yeah, uh, Chikorita then runs away again before she finds herself onto an ice rink. And basically she slides all over the ice, which reminds me a little bit of the scene with Kevin doing it in Home Alone. Then uh, Pikachu falls into the ice as well and slides, and all the other Pokemon, again, are just completely amazed by this because, again, they've never encountered anything like this before. 
Pikachu uh, bumps into Chikorita and she stops them with her leaf. And then I think we get the funniest moment of the entire uh, short, probably of the entire OVA to me, is when Chikorita gets up and she turns, she haughtily walks away. She then turns to Pikachu and she sticks her tongue at him. And then Pikachu looks towards the camera with like a look, with like a face of like he's confused and dejected. Like, can you believe this? Can yeah. you believe this shit? <laughs> it's like, yeah, and yeah, Chikorita. I think why it works because Chikorita just walks away so like prissily, and then she just turns yeah. and just like a child is like sticking out of her tongue. And I mean, that, that is just so. The timing of it is so so well done. She is absolutely a freaking diva at this point. I'm, she I'm is honestly quite glad that diva. Yeah, I'm really glad they decided to ultimately like have that be dropped come later seasons because Bayleaf, for all intents and purposes, is cute. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, this is keep in mind, but, folks. This is the same Chikorita that has canonically kissed ass. Like not a lick, not like a nuzzling, like a straight up kiss. One of yeah, two Pokemon has done that with Ash. The ability, the ability of like the nature when one's Pokemon evolves from something cute and cuddly, like how it was when when Charmander evolved into Charmeleon. He was poorly raised. And then he was like, oh, like, oh, I'm loyal to you, Ash. But then next thing you know, he just like... He turned to Charizard and he didn't care about Ash or anybody other than himself. Yeah, I yeah. really... a long time, too. Yeah, I, I really did not like that about the anime. Charizard basically straight up being all ignorant to Ash, despite reason happening. Honestly, it's why I really, I'm really happy about movies like I Choose You giving Ash and Charizard a better dynamic and a better relationship build up. Because for sure... There, it Definitely. felt absolutely earned in spite of some of the questionable writing. But man, that them coming together in that and Charizard ultimately like cement cemented with as Ash one of Ash's partner. Yeah, that right there is why I hold that movie in so such a high regard. Um, and it's honestly with Kim Char. Yeah. The same way. He was abused because Paul was a total Nick. Oh yeah, shows, honestly, like, that totally cares. Yeah, honestly, you bring up a good point with that. That is straight up just Ash's. Chi That's basically just Ash's chimchar. If he ultimately like sent this, oh man, oh boy. <clears throat> basically, uh, chimchar is basically uh, a Charmander. If Ash legit got like straight up badges instead of you know getting him. You know, getting them out of pity or like out of helping them or something like that. Mm -hmm. Oh man, this show is just bringing a little bit of a rise out of me in that regard. Yeah, I definitely can see <laughs> I why. Feel that. Yeah, yeah. But now, yeah, getting back to this though, uh, all the Pokemon are basically ice skating, and Togepi is so adorable just riding on his little shell. I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, Togepi has always just been adorable to me, but here in this yeah. short, it's particularly really, really cute. I yeah. like how a Squirtle sees this and he wants to ride on his shell and he tells Bulbasaur basically <laughs> to push him. And Bulbasaur just looks at him with like disgust and he pushes him away. And basically Squirtle ducks down into his shell and he spins all over the place. He knocks yeah, down like a, all the other... Yeah, it's yeah. like a Koopa Troop shell. <laughs> it is. It really, really is. And he basically knocks down all the other Pokemon accidentally before Geodude stops him and yet another funny gag. And yeah. then, yep, and like Geodude flexes in that, which again, really, really Geodude. funny. Yeah, it's just, Geodude. Yeah, <laughs> Geodude. Great impressions, wow. 
But yeah, yeah. Then we get to see Meowth show up, who usually appeared. I think Meowth showed up in every single Pikachu short. Yep. Usually when Wobbuffet was in the show, Wobbuffet would usually be with Meowth. But yeah, Meowth, I believe, was the only this yeah. is an intelligible talking Pokemon that would appear in like almost every single Pichu short. And of course, mm. Meowth was voiced here in the Four Kids era by the late, great, and dearly missed Maddie Blaustein, who was a legend, an absolute legend of voice acting in that. Yeah. Funny how I actually have a, uh, how I have, um, a, uh, Pikachu's, um, uh, the Electal Pikachu comic. The fourth issue is, uh, signed by her. Ooh, that's Aww, awesome. That's that is cute. awesome. Wow. That's cute. That's yep. great. But yeah, Meowth basically tells him that they keep slipping, he, they'll get hurt, and he'll show him how to do it. But when he gets on the ice, he starts basically slipping and sliding everywhere. There's a really <laughs> cute moment with a polywrath, a polywag, rather. Polywag and Chikorita do curling with Meowth. Which yeah, they're basically just tree. wiping the area off and it's just yeah, and smashing into a tree. Chikorita is very much into that, like to a disturbing degree. Yeah, like, yeah, I think she's a she is a based straight up a masochist diva as a Chikorita. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. At this point, she is. But then again, she was recently caught, so she might still be trying to like yeah, learn things. Yeah, she's got a rebellious streak in her nature. Yeah. But then, yeah, Meowth does the exact same thing with Vulpix, which causes Bulbasaur to hit a tree almost exactly like how he did. And then we get to see Bulbasaur, who is beyond pissed at this, and he uses Vine Whip to spin Meowth all over the ice. And then, basically, we get Chikorita, Poliwag, and Vulpix are using their tails, basically, to spin Meowth all over. And this is so funny, I think mostly because Maddie Blaustein screams of terror. They're just so hysterical, you know? Oh, yeah. Meowth is being yep. spun all over the place, you know? And... Uh, Squirtle is spinning off as well. Uh, the two of them bump into each other, and Meowth flies out of the ice rink. And we got a really cute reference with him. You know, him, I'm blasting off again without Team Rocket. Terrible impression. So sorry about that. Even without Team Rocket, I'm blasting off. Exactly, exactly. And we even got yeah. a little star twinkle in the sky, which I mean, the classic, <laughs> classic. You, you can't beat that. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. all oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Uh, now we get to see uh, a little bit of character development for Chikorita because now she's a lot more open to the others. She learns to uh, get along with them and they all get to play together. And then we get to see the trainers basically return watching all the Pokemon play. How they knew the Pokemon were there is not explained. Nah, not explained at Misty all. telling Psyduck to be careful as he trips on the stairs, which, of course, Psyduck would do something like that. The guy is not too intelligent. But yeah. The first short ends with uh, all of them returning back to the cabin with a nice shot of the ice rink, which shows off some uh, beautiful background there. And then we get a really strange... Uh... Oh, strange. I think his mic is going in and out. Oh. Uh, I think he disconnected, yeah. actually. Sorry, yeah, me? I think he did. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm here. Oh, good. Good. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry about that. Uh, what happened is basically uh, we get a very short segment involving multiple hot pip. They're all bouncing on a Snorlax belly until Snorlax, he gets up <laughs> briefly, he yawns, and he goes back to sleep. And the weird thing about this, at least in the upload I saw, there is no music and there is no sound in this part, which only makes oh, yeah. it really, really stranger. There were probably sound in the original Japanese. Uh, sorry, what? 
it felt like a like one of those video game loading screens. Exactly. It did yeah, feel like play. a loading screen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It definitely felt like that. But yeah, and what what really makes it strange is I feel like the original Japanese version, it must have had music or sound or something like that. But for some reason, they removed it completely in the dub, which makes it even weirder because we get this whole like little uh 30 min 30 second, you know, a uh, 1 minute long animated short with 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 no sound, no nothing, you know. It really is strange. And if I was the a first man, I'd say it was because four uh, four kids couldn't figure out a way to translate that from the the Japanese style into an American style, so they just left it silent. Yeah. And the first Pikachu's Winter Vacation has a similar pretty weird scene. It involves like a basically a rustic mansion house and we get to see a snow uh falling outside. And then it slowly zooms out, and it turns out it's a bunch of tiny little uh, jiggly puffs instead of snow, which is yeah. very. That at least had you know noise. I like a Christmas Carol done by a jiggly puff, which kind of spoils, yeah. I guess, the punchline question mark. But uh, it, it was cute. I will say it was that. adorable though. Yeah. That was an adorable one. But yeah, I do. Uh, then, yeah. So as for that uh, Hop, Pip, and Strawlock things, it probably had music in the original, but here they were just like, no, let's keep it silent. Yeah, exactly. It felt really, really weird that way. Anyways. Then we get, after this, a little bit of complete weirdness. We get to the second short, which is called uh, Stantler's Little Helpers. And the second short begins at the cabin once again as all the trainers prepare to go to bed. It's Christmas Eve. We get to see Pikachu entertain Togepi by making various faces and doing impressions. Which is something that's cute because Pikachu has been shown to do this a lot throughout the anime. So the mm-hmm. fact that they, you know, kept doing it from here and pretty much kept with it, I think, for the entire series. That Pikachu does really, really good impressions of other Pokemon. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. The point where that you is... often think he's a shapeshifter. Yeah. <laughs> he might I definitely well can see be, why. honestly. <laughs> you mean like Ditto? Why. Oh, yep. God. <laughs> but yeah, the shot of Pikachu and Togepi in bed uh, with their trainers, you know, is it really just something that is so wholesome and cute. And it is wholesome. All, yeah, it does. And then they all sleep. Chikorita somehow uh, exits her Pokeball and she runs towards Ash's bed. And of course, uh, she's <laughs> jealous of Pikachu, as was her nature at this time. She basically uses her vines to pull him out of bed. And then she sleeps next to Ash while Pikachu is left on the floor. And then we get uh, all the other Pokemon uh, leave their Pokeballs, and they all uh, wake up. There's another funny running gag that I think was around this time. Heracross kept trying to drink nectar out of Bulbasaur's back. Yeah, I think he does, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So Chikorita then decides to go to the window, and she looks outside. And we get a cute moment with uh, Togepi trying to get up with uh, Bulbasaur helping him. They all look at the uh, night sky in complete wonder of how beautiful it is before they see a red shooting star. They then all uh, fall outside in the snowbank before they run off to where the star went to. And then they uh, come across a man sitting in the snow with a stantler who appears to not be doing well. And the man, of course, yeah, yeah, we know we know that it's Santa Claus, but the Pokemon don't. The man huh. turns out to be Santa Claus, who can't deliver the presents because his stantler got sick, which. In the previous uh, Christmas episode where he showed up, Holiday Hijinks, he used a Rapidash, obviously because Stantler wasn't invented yet, which is weird yeah. because they gave him a line, at least the dub gave him a line, because I have to use a ponytail because there's no reindeer here. And, well, if there was Stantler <laughs> all along, how did that happen? 
Yeah, yeah. how'd they get there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but basically, we don't get to see Santa Claus's face in this special, much like the other humans, which, again, a really nice touch. Yeah, and that's a he shows nice them touch. The, yep. He shows them the berries that he uses to make Stantler better, but he only has a few left that won't be enough. Calling it now, then, that was a secret potion. Like, straight uh, I can see that. I definitely could see that. But yeah, all the Pokemon then decide to help out Santa Claus by looking for more of them. Although they keep looking, it's really too dark for them to see. And then we get Pikachu uh, getting an idea to use the star on the Christmas tree to light with his electricity. And we get to see, I, I like uh, the little moment of Pikachu thinking about it, and it lights up with like a doorbell sound that he got an idea. That's a really cute little moment there. Eh, yeah. And yeah, Chikorita easily cuts down the star, and it lands right on Pikachu's head, and he lights it up. And then uh, now, uh, the, the, sorry, Tundra was there. What happens is even with illumination, they still can't find any of the berries. And then we get uh, a really funny moment with uh, Psy- with uh, Chikorita tripping on a tree, which causes snow to fall onto Psyduck. And then we get to see Psyduck basically do that classic cartoon gag. He rolls down a hill and he becomes a giant snowball before he lands on all of the other Pokemon, covering them in snow. I, mean, uh, I think the funniest, the punchline of this is when after Vulpix uses her fire to melt the snow, all of the Pokemon look exhausted and completely annoyed by this, except for Togepi. And Togepi's jumping up and down like, do it again, do it again! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, I mean, Togepi is practically a baby, so... It is, it is. Man. I mean, it really fair, is yeah. just something that, it's a little detail that they didn't have to put in, but I'm really glad that they did, because it really uh, makes it a lot funnier. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, uh, despite what happens, uh, the gang still can't find the berries until uh, Vulpix discovers where they are. And it turns out that they're on top of a cliffside. And we get another really uh, adorable look into Pikachu and Togepi's uh, relationship, where Togepi tries to climb it, but he only gets like a couple mm-hmm. of uh, inches off the ground before Pikachu pulls it off. And Pikachu admonishes Togepi like a parent would a child, which... Again, their relationship was always like, you know, like brotherly or like, you know, almost like even like parents at one point. And it yeah. always was adorable. Like in every single like a uh, special that they were in and that it was always some of the best parts of it. Indeed. Yeah. Basically, uh, after some effort, uh, Pikachu finally manages to climb his way up and he nearly falls before both Bulbasaur and Chikorita to save him. And what happens is uh, the Pokemon return to Santa and they're given the berries uh, to Stantler. And the interesting thing about this is Stantler sounds like they have their Japanese voice here compared to having their uh, English language, having uh, their English dub voice. I'm not I sure if that's that, how they yeah. sound in the dub, but it sounds like they use the Japanese voice track for them. Yeah, yeah I, I could be completely that. wrong, but yeah, it's something that and I wonder if it was huh. like a mistake or if they like forgot to dub it. Or if they couldn't dub it because of the overlapping of all the other Pokemon uh, voices at that time. Yeah. That kind of makes it, sense. Yeah. yeah. It also gets... Uh, another thing I want to mention with this short is that this is... This is... This both... <clears throat> sorry. Both shorts basically utilize music from the game. Uh, first one was the uh, Route 1 theme. The next one was a uh, different theme was a different route theme, and then uh, when it gets to a moment, well, in a later moment, it uses another route theme, which I do not remember the names of the routes, but I remember specifically how they sound like. And yeah, that's the thing, too, is that uh, 
for a lot of times the dub, sometimes they would place the music with their own ones, but sometimes they would use like uh, versions of the uh, game music. Like you said, it was always good to hear because it really makes you feel like, you know, it really is part of the, you know, part of the world, basically. It was like a world building in a way. Indeed. For sure. Yeah. So basically, uh, the shots where Santa Claus takes off with Stantler with the background, it's unironically really beautiful. It's almost like that scene in Pinocchio where it zooms out, mm. uh, it zooms into like the town. It's like that, but for like a TV or an OVA budget, it is some really impressive animation, this one little part right here. Indeed. I really wonder uh, if it took a little more effort than usual to do, but if it was, it definitely was worth it because the, these backgrounds look phenomenal, like the forest and the shot of the moon and everything. They really, really are well done. So yeah, uh, what happens is the short basically ends the next morning with Ash, Misty, and Brock. They wake up and they see their presence. And the final shot of the OVA as a whole is the Christmas tree with the star that they cut down and use for illumination is back on top of it. And yeah, that's it for uh, Pikachu's Winter Vacation 2, which was released on VHS. And later, both it and Pikachu's Winter Vacation, the original, were released on like a joint DVD. Both of them are very hard to come by nowadays. They go for some pretty expensive prices on like a... websites like Amazon and eBay and that. So thankfully they are uh, available on file sharing sites as well. Now there was a Pikachu's Winter Vacation 3 or Pikachu's Winter Vacation 2001 as it was called in Japan. It had uh, parts with also, you know, Pikachu and all of the uh, Pokemon there. It also had a short with the Pichu twins who were introduced in, you know, Pikachu and Pichu at the time. But the weird thing is it was only released in Japan as an entire whole release. It later would air as separate episodes of the Pokemon Chronicles TV show. So they would mm. take, like, you know, they basically took Pikachu's Winter Vacation 3 and they chopped it up into, like, you know, segments and they aired it as episodes of the Pokemon Chronicles show. Mm. And I can, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. So. And I don't think there was a Pikachu's Winter Vacation uh, 4. I don't know why. Because the anime was still insanely popular, especially in Japan. And it feels like they could have just kept on making these and making these. Because they certainly did not stop with the uh, Pikachu short films. They made those, I I think, pretty much for every single theatrical Pokemon movie in Japan. There was a Pikachu short to go along with it. Now, I think after Camp Pikachu, they stopped being distributed in the West for a while. For whatever reason. I don't know why. It's not really hard to dub or translate or anything like that. But actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the final Pikachu short to be released in the West was actually called Gotta Dance. Mmm. Yeah. And that actually was a Hoenn era short. And yeah, I think that was the last one. And for a while, we did not get any more uh, Pikachu shorts. But yeah, Pikachu's Winter Vacation, both uh, part one and part two, they're really recommended for anyone that's a fan of Pokemon, like the anime or the games, or even the franchise as a whole. And if they just want, like, a different type of Christmas special that's really unique and is really, really uh, heartwarming and adorable, like all the Pikachu shorts, I I cannot recommend this enough. It is something that's incredibly charming, and, like I say, I watch it, you know, every year. It was. It's something that is very, very I can see why you do, man. Yeah, it is very, very sweet, and, yeah. But now it is... But now it's time to talk about other uh, Christmas uh, media that we've seen with the question today, which is, what is your favorite Christmas special slash movie? It doesn't have to be like a, like a TV special. It could also be a movie. 
And mine is going to be a, probably an interesting answer because it's a movie that I've watched for, I think, like over a decade now on Christmas. Probably more than a decade this movie, maybe like 15 years or so. It's um every Christmas uh, day, uh, I and my family, we always watch the uh, the 1930s movie, uh, March of the Wooden Soldiers, that stars uh, Laurel and Hardy. It's one of those movies that it really is, it's definitely of the time, but there's something about it that also is just so... Uh, so timeless in a way. I mean, you got Laurel and Hardy right there who are absolutely hilarious. Mm. And then you so. also have uh, really, really fun uh, special effects, especially again for like the mid 30s. It oh. looks really, really good in that. And I think as a whole, it's something that it just feels like a really Christmas related thing for me. You know, it's something that it's not necessarily like a Christmas classic, like. Or like you know, on the level like Christmas story and that, but there's something about it that for me, it's not Christmas without it. And if you haven't mm. seen it, it's actually public domain, so you can find it easily on like a uh, YouTube and but, Internet Archive and a lot of stuff like that. So yeah, what it, was it called? March of the Wooden Soldiers. Oh, okay. Yeah, it stars uh, Laurel and Hardy. Okay. And it really, really is a nice movie. It, it's definitely a. T- uh, it's a. If you've seen it once, I think that. If you really get into it, it's a movie that I think you really, really would enjoy, you know? And that's probably going to be my pick for uh, my favorite uh, Christmas special slash uh, Christmas movie. Oh, okay. So, uh, Anne Grumbo, do you have to say uh, yours is? Oh, man, that's going to be a tough one. Because, like, hearing hearing Christmas special slash Christmas movie, things that comes to mind for the most is Rudolph. Like, hands down, Ooh. he is more iconic than pretty much yeah, any yeah. other figure like hands Definitely. down like there's the rockin bass movies there's a seek there's the cgi sequel there's the technical sequel with him saving new years instead of christmas there's also that other version of rudolph where instead of clarice he pretty much gets to bang zoe so all oh, right the, the 1998 99 version yeah the exactly. two and there's also the billy and mandy christmas special where basically uh, oh, we find classic. out Mrs. Claus is a freaking vampire, and he, she basically <laughs> bites it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I but no. Gilbert God, you forgot the best part. Gilbert Godfrey voices mm-hmm. Santa. I know. Gilbert Godfrey as Santa <laughs> screaming, I'll eat your soul. You, you know, oh, man. That, that is probably one of the most unforgettable Christmas specials. Oh, hands down. The one for the one I'm gonna pick, however, it might be a little controversial, but hands down, I think it honestly is very relatable, even more so than Rudolph, and even more so than Billy and Mandy. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Hands down, Road to the North Pole from season nine of Family Guy. Hands down, the season nine of Family Guy is peak Family Guy, like. All the jokes work. Uh, the quality, come on, man. The quality is awesome. But yeah, I think what really made that series for me, other than like it capping off freaking uh, the Star War, the uh, Family Guy Star Wars specials, Road to the North Pole. Like it starts off basic enough. Stewie wants to kill Santa Claus because a mall Santa freaking wronged him, and they just do this thing where they go to uh, the North Pole, but the juxtaposition that the 180 juxtaposition that happens is just came flat out of nowhere and honestly it's very much needed because 
if you look at Christmas and people nowadays, it can be pretty rough. Like, Christmas isn't exactly a bad holiday in, like, on paper or, like, in the spirit of things. But, man, can it go dark sometimes. Like, and this exemplifies that. Like, Christmas can sometimes be filled with joy, merriment, and all that stuff. But what about the people who are ultimately putting their sanity and lives on the line just to bring that Christmas cheer? And, oh, man, that is why I chose Road to the North Pole. It's not exactly a Christmas, quote-unquote, movie, but it's a Christmas special that really means a lot to me and is easily one of my favorites. I definitely, definitely can see why. Those are all really good reasons. Like I say, some of the best Christmas specials aren't like the uh, aren't like the ones that most people think of. There are a lot of the more unorthodox ones, like you said, like uh, oh, hell you know, yeah. Billy Mandy and Family Guy, and that those ones are ones that because they don't have to basically conform to what most people think a Christmas special is, they can go off the beaten path like that and make something really, really unique. Yeah, and also kind of brutal. Oh my god! That too. That too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Riker, what about you? Well, um, every year, uh, I actually watch this with my folks. Um, oh. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> nice. Oh, oh no! Nice one. It, 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 my sister always argues with me that like Elf is the best. Christmas movie oh, ever made. Good one. I love but, that one. Uh, I got tired of it after a while, actually. Like, I can see why. Like when you watch something like too much, it definitely gets to be like you're repetitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's why I uh, liked Pokemon. It's why I like why I was so eager to play Pokemon Sword and Shield because at the time I didn't have a Switch. I couldn't play it. I was really hyped to get back into it again and actually go through it. And I did, and I liked it, and then Pokemon Sword and Shield kind of lost its luster, but it's still very fun. It's still very beautiful. I still want to continue playing it. I, you know? I do, too. Yeah, the same. I just, I prefer um, a, a more um, a, a more mature uh, Christmas movie, like uh, uh, implying that uh, Elf wasn't mature in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no, no it's just like no. how uh, how how uh, it, it was just more of what I enjoyed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely can see that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, but I will also say, uh, as a special mention, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh no. yes, yeah. yes, that that is a stone cold classic right there. Oh that hell is, yeah, yeah. Hell it's yeah. like my favorite Disney movie ever made. It's like my favorite Disney movie ever made. So, I can see yeah. why. I can uh, see why. It's, it's a Christmas classic for a reason. Movie. Yes. Yeah. Can I go next before I have to leave? Go no, ahead. Go, 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 go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah. I am a Christmas fanatic. I grew up in the '90s, and I grew up when I was young. We watched the Rankin Bass, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from Frosty, Little Drummer Boy, all the way through. There was one I never knew, and it was the one that's now close to me. It's called Nestor Long Year Christmas Donkey. It is I so know beautiful. that one. Oh and my no god! No one talks about him <laughs> anymore. I mean, it gets like all. I've never heard of it, so I have. It's, it's really adorable. Good. I recommend it. You watch it, even though it can be to a point like if you believe in God and stuff like that. I do. I it's a scale, but point is, I love how it can be. 
dark and how realistic like how people treat other people different you see Nestor this cute little donkey who has the longest ears ever his mom tries to like make him feel better like doesn't matter what they say Nestor you are beautiful just how I always love you and it's during the Roman time where they needed donkeys to you know work for the emperor uh, the Romans are in time you know pick but he gets the the guards get like fooled like wait a minute this donkey's a freak he you work you spend money you give me a lousy money on a freaking on a freak donkey you don't get your money for what you sold me and Nestor gets kicked out of the bar the farm and it's a blizzard Nestor's mom comes up and finds him covers him up as any mother would do and it gets so like it hits you in the heart when oh you it see does honestly and I'm like. Yeah, honestly, I Choose You did the same thing. Just, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you just see this anime, this claymation of this poor little thing just crying like he lost his mother. And then you just feel like the hatred you get with Nestor because he's going around. But then to a point, you see him with Mary and Joseph. And he's like, he hears this angel that tells him, like, do what anyone would have done with you protect them with everything you have and he wraps his ears on mary as they get through the sandstorm they get to the destination of the main the manger and it's just so beautifully done honestly it, it because it honestly it, reminds me a bit of a christian version of uh Re rudolph or freaking dumbo and it's it, oh it does. man! And it's funny how it crosses over when the opening we all see this normal donkey at the North Pole. He talks about like, oh yeah, my ancestor is Nestor, who carried Mary on his, on their way to uh, Jerusalem or whatever. And we see it. Rudolph coming in, uh, Rudolph flying off, leading Santa's way, and then later on at the end we see Santa, his team, his reindeers, and we see Rudolph. Uh, about like all this singing this song in the end and it's just so cool how they crossed over uh, with Nestor and Rudolph I'm like oh that's just so cute I'm sorry when was this again uh you have to look it up I have to go because my mother is gonna my uh, roommate's gonna come pick me up we gotta go do some shopping oh okay uh, all right later Jordan it's a good movie all oh right, uh, bye, ranking, uh, ranking of Chikorita really quick yeah yeah uh, she's basically me. I give her a sass of seven because it's what every girl sees when they find a cute guy that they totally think, oh yeah, this is my person, my man. You all can back the heck up. But you can try to fuck off. Girl's <laughs> point of view. Oh That's hell yeah. For all right, seven out of ten. Great. Go, See you later, Jordan. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seventy seven. So the heyday of the Rankin Bass stop motion animation. Oh yeah. man, that is. Mm, yeah, really that's a really, that. really good pick right there. So that is a that, good pick. Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, math. What would your pick be? My original go to uh, back uh, when I was younger, before my actual pick came out, was uh, the uh, Chuck Jones. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Nice. Oh, yeah, one yeah, I absolutely agree awesome. with. That is an all-time classic right there. That is I something used, that, yes. I used to watch that every single year until this new one took its place, and it was just such a good 
Sure, and it, it distilled perfectly everything Susian into that 24-minute special. Oh, yeah? And then uh, the thing that finally dethroned it uh, is... Uh, it's a relatively new movie, but it's probably the best... At the very least, modern animated Christmas movie. In my opinion, it's probably bordering on the best animated Christmas movie, period. Klaus. Mm. Yes, yes. A thousand percent, yes. Wait, which movie? Klaus. Klaus. It's it's a Netflix original retelling of the origin of Santa. I will look at it. You definitely should. It is is incredible. So it's the Ruffler is gorgeous. The storytelling in it is uh, at times goofy, but just overall very well done. It does the the theme of uh, giving and caring incredibly well, better than basically any other Christmas movie I've ever seen. Well, uh, what was it called again? Klaus, K L A U S, oh. as in Santa Claus. Oh, that's right. That movie. It was a Netflix movie, right? Yep. Awesome. Right. Good on you. Animated by a guy who used to work, who used to animate at Disney, by the way. Oh yeah, he used to be one of the Disney yeah. Renaissance guys. Nice. Uh, he. It's. Uh, it. It was so good. Even as a Christmas movie, it was nominated as uh, best animated for 2018 at the uh, Oscars lost but the fact that it even got nominated was astounding i know it really and it deserved it it definitely a thousand percent uh deserved it yep oh yeah i i might need to look at this now you definitely should you definitely a thousand percent you should yeah if anybody uh listening to this gets one thing from this i really hope it is that they they give klaus a chance if they haven't before it is a fantastic movie yeah, yeah really it great. definitely, definitely is. I mean, that 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 right there is such a fantastic, fantastic choice. And Evie? Yep. It's not technically a Christmas special, but it basically is. Oh, uh, what is a budging tree from book one X and Y? Oh, that's right. Oh, man. X and Y was a great anime series. The game, it's also pretty good, but man. That's, oh. that's actually the series when I came back to Pokemon, but uh, I kind of dropped off at X and Y, XYZ. Oh, that's a shame. Because mm. XYZ is really amazing. Like, it really bolstered Ash and got him prepped for uh, Gen 7 and Gen 8. And it works. Like, it really does work. Like, greater success rates, the fact that he has a crush that I ship way more than Misty and Iris, the that she is in that anime and mm-hmm. honestly even more so than Bayleaf and Latias but we're getting ahead of ourselves but yeah that that's a really great episode and it's a really great yeah man I'm gushing now yeah I definitely <laughs> can see why because yeah the, the anime as a whole really is uh, really has a lot of good episodes like that yeah it really does So yeah, right. now it is time uh, for the ranking of the episode for Chikorita. We already heard from uh, Jordan, who, in case um, being here, she gave a 
She gave Chikorita a 7 out of 10. I am actually going to give her a higher score than that because I feel like uh, even for just going on this short alone, not going on anything else of her in the anime, if you just look at her even in this little short film, she has so much character and character development, which again, for an OVA, a Christmas OVA of an anime is incredible to Mm. actually see her starting off in the uh, Winter Game short with her being uh, distrustful and not liking anyone else to learning to get along with them. is something that really is just so heartwarming and it really works oh. for like uh, the story it's telling. And again, she, at least in my eyes, she gets the funniest moment of the entire, uh, of the entire OVA with her sticking <laughs> her little tongue out. So that's definitely a plus. And yeah. I would get, like I say, I might, you know, actually, I'm going to change, I'm going to change my score. I'm going to give her a nine actually. Nice. I would really like to give her a 10, but I feel like she's not really the focus. She's more of like part of the ensemble. She gets a lot to do. Don't get me wrong. She gets a oh, yeah. lot to do in this, but it is Pikachu's winter vacation, not yeah. Chikorita's winter vacation. So it would have been awesome if it was. If it was. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. But Pikachu is the face of the brand, you know, so. But I feel like as a whole, she gets so many good moments. She gets a lot of good funny moments. Not so much also in Stantler's Little Helpers, unfortunately, but I feel like her showing in Winter Games is so strong. I have to give her that score. Uh, you know, it was, uh, 9 out of 10 for me. Because she is just fantastic in this. And again, even if you don't go by, uh, by anything else in the anime, she is just fantastic in this short. So, uh, Angron, what would you have to give her? I'm going to do one lower because, yeah, everything you said applies, but... Oh, man. Sometimes her press moments can be hit or miss. She's not intentionally like, okay, that's not true. She's absolutely masochistic at some point if the curling scene didn't give it away. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I will admit. The curling like, scene. <laughs> yeah, the curling scene. The fact that, uh, but the fact that she later evolves into Bayleaf and it very much, and she very much develops as a character in this short. Uh, yeah, basically everything you said applies here, and I will ultimately give her an 8 out of 10 for that fact. Chikori is my favorite Johto starter, but she's definitely up there as my favorite, hands down. I definitely see why. So, um, um, uh, Striker, what would you have to say? Um, uh, I said it once before, and I will say it again, yeah, she is my favorite uh Johto starter and nice. uh I will absolutely give her a nine. Nice. You know what I think I might change mine to a nine as well. Okay, it's Christmas after all. Yeah, I've got to be I've got to do it in the Christmas season, you know. It's it's, it's the spirit it's of the yeah. season to be jolly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh Math, what would you have to give her? Uh so I am going to preface this by saying that I am highly biased towards the grass starters. Nice. Every generation, they've always been my favorite. I mean, uh, I can understand why. You know, oh, like hell Bulbasaur. yeah. Bulbasaur. I mean, Bulbasaur definitely was a surprising entirely. pick. Yeah. In the anime, he's just always been my favorite Pokemon. I love how he has evolved into basically an old school Yakuza style boss. Like uh, if you've ever seen Jinbei from One Piece, that kind of presentation to him. Oh yeah, like, Jinbei. He's I'm actually sorry. one Wait, of my what? favorite characters. Wait, who are you talking about? 
Uh, Bulbasaur is effectively like Jinbei from One Piece. The, the oh, I see what you mean. Uh, Honestly, Bulbasaur is my favorite. I mean, I love Charmander. Squirtle's pretty badass as well, but come on. Bulbasaur, hands down. Yeah, and Bulbasaur Cute. being the boss so that he sexy was, too. All the grass starters for every single yeah. generation. Yeah, it's so got the we, pudge, it's got the booty, it's got everything, honestly. What more? Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, stars, uh, yeah. I, I love how expressive Chikorita is. I love how much of a personality she is. I love that instead of just going with uh, the rest of the Pokemon that they usually have, where she's uh, just constantly happy, jolly, all that, they actually made her a diva. And it's yeah. just so hilarious to me every time yeah. she just gets yeah. into her shenanigans. She's a 10. Oh, wow. nice. Nice, nice, nice. I can see why she's a 10 for you. Yeah, yeah same, I can almost see that too. Grass starter yeah. bias all the way over here. Grass <laughs> <laughs> starter bias. Oh, yeah. I love how much of a diva she is. It's adorable. Oh, she, she <laughs> it is. is. She is. She There's is absolutely... no contest. Right. Yeah, yeah she's no. absolutely so, so great. And yeah, nice. Evie, what would you have to say? 10 out of 10. I just love Chikorita in general. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I do love a Chikorita bias as well. Like... Wow, so Chikorita nice. actually is one of the highest scores on the Dragonus scale so far, which she nice. deserves because she is a good girl, exactly. She <laughs> is the best girl. Perfect nine or perfect ten, exactly. but this will yeah, do it. Can't have anything. So, yeah. can't have everything, unfortunately. So, huh. uh, that's going to be it for this episode. If you have any questions or if you want to tell us if you want to make it a Christmas tradition to watch Pikachu Breakdance, you can email us at fieryDiscourse at Outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash FieryDiscourse. Next week, we'll be talking about the 1967 Lost in Space episode, The Questing Beast. It's going to be oh. really interesting going back to a 60s TV to see how they did a dragoness on there. Though she is voiced by June Foray, so that will be very interesting. Until then, thank you guys so much for listening and Merry Christmas! Merry nope. Christmas, yeah. Merry Christmas, y'all. this have a, has a wonderful Christmas, and we'll see you all next week. And thank you guys so much for listening. And until then, adios. Yep, later, folks. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Peace. Adios. <laughs>